So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Match Fit Football podcast. I'm Darren Potts, your host. And just a reminder, give us a follow on all forms of social media on Instagram, on YouTube and Facebook at Match Fit Football. But today's guest, it is the goalkeeper for Nashville in the MLS. It is Brian Meredith. Brian, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? How are you? Doing really well. Glad to have you here. I know you're just back from training. How was training today? Tell me a little bit about, about Nashville and how you're going this season so far. Training was great. Uh, um, loving my time here in Nashville so far. Uh, my first season with them. So hopefully it won't be my last. Um, training was amazing. Very intense today. We have a day off tomorrow. So usually these uh, Tuesday trainings are a little bit more high impact running and, and more intense trainings. And uh, we ended it with a nice 11 v 11 game. Uh, so it was lovely. It's always good fun you know when you end up at 11 v 11 and some bragging rights i'm sure with the, oh, yeah. with the strikers that you're up against <laughs> tell me a little bit um before we get into some of the mindset and the performance parts of this discussion but tell me a little bit about your journey because you came up through the ncaa system through college football and then into the 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 body of the mls what do you remember from your journey or tell me some of the, the moments that stick out to you that are probably the most fundamental in your journey so far? Yeah. So when I was growing up, uh, this was before like the Academy um, situation really started. They was like my last year was maybe when they were just starting uh, academies. So I was coming up, I played through for, uh, for PDA uh, pretty much my whole career in New Jersey um, and then playing through high school and college um, you know, grow, growing up and kind of, I've, I had the, the dream and the, the, you know, I recognized the dream when I was probably like 12, 13, that I wanted to play professional soccer football. And so, you know, most of my decisions going forward from there were, you know, what's going to give me the best opportunity to, to continue playing my career. Um, so I, I don't think there's many, there's not like one or two individual moments where I thought, you know, this is where I'm going to make my name for myself, or this is where I'm going to do it. Um, to be honest, just consistency in your play in, in every game that I played, I tried to play to my highest level and, and treated every match like it was, could have been my last, or like somebody's watching a scout or a college coach, whoever it might have been. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me was just playing to the best of my abilities every game I could. That the key thing about professional football and having spoken to several professionals is the word consistency and you used it there in terms of your match performances and obviously that comes from your training and you talked about the intense level of training it was today because there's a day off tomorrow and you're gearing up towards another game in terms of that consistency how do you stay consistent or what do you find is the best way that you adapt so you can stay consistent and it's it's hard you know I, my first year in the league um was probably where I learned or like started to learn how to be consistent every single day at a professional level. Um, and it's not easy, you know, it's, it's all the prep work that goes into pre-training, even the night before what you're eating, being consistent with your diet and your nutrition, uh, you know, making sure you're, you're stretching, you're doing your activations beforehand, getting in the gym for, for um, injury prevention and just building muscle. You know, it, it just, it all encapsulates it. So it's not just one or two things that you can go out and do right before training and say, Oh, I'm going to have a lovely day at training today because I did this one thing. It's just, you know, consistency in your entire life, not just on the pitch, but mostly everything surrounding it. 
And with that consistency and with having that dedication and that discipline, you mentioned nutrition, you mentioned, you know, getting to the gym and injury prevention. Was that something that you developed over time with understanding your body and understanding the game and understanding the, let me say, the demands of the game? Or was that something that was shown to you whenever you joined, you know, certain clubs and certain well, teams? You know, I kind of had to learn that on my own, um, especially when I, when I first came to the league, I was just, you know, a little bit shell-shocked trying to develop the pace of play and kind of play at a higher level. Um, it's something that you learn each year and each season. Uh, I think I've added something to my, you know, daily routine or, or pre-training routine that has, you know, given me an edge to be able to perform every single day at a high level. And especially when you're getting older in your career, you pick up little knocks and bruises. It's pretty um, common. So being in the gym, making sure I'm doing all my stretches. I'm, I'm in the gym for like 45 minutes before training, just stretching that whole time, uh, making sure my body's ready to go. And I can't, I mean, when I was young, when I first came to the league, I don't think I did any of that. And I think it definitely showed in, in my performances were a little bit up and down more than I wanted to. So being able to really focus and like gear that in uh, was, was massive for me. Well, obviously the stretching and then being able to, as you know, as you mentioned, you understand your body and understand how to keep those performances, you know, at a consistent level rather than the up and downness, I suppose, from when you first joined the league was key to that. Would you do anything yeah. post game and post training along the similar lines, whether it be like an ice bath or massage therapy or any type of recovery in that aspect? Yeah, every, every day you get in from training, have protein shake right away. Uh, get into the gym, do like cool down stretching for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then either hop in the ice bath or like a recovery boots, which mm -hmm. is like just uh, leg compressions mm -hmm. just to keep the blood flow and get new blood into the legs. Mm -hmm. And obviously couple that alongside your nutrition and your diet as well. There's the, I maybe even word it this way, the behind the scenes of being a professional footballer, there's a lot to it. You know, we yeah. look we look at it and we sometimes see, oh, they go three and then they go home and then they have a match and that sort of it. But there's so much more that encompasses being a professional footballer. And when you were starting out and, and growing into becoming a professional footballer, whenever you wanted to do that, when you spoke to your parents, when you spoke to your family, or your friends, whatever, were they supportive in that decision? Were they aware of what it would take and the discipline and dedication at the time? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I don't think my, my parents, I mean, nobody's really, if you're not involved in it, you don't really know how much it takes and how much effort it takes, which is not, not only on the field, but off the field. Um, and so, you know, that was a growing experience for me as I got older and as I started playing at a higher level and higher level, um, you kind of realize that and you look at the people around you and you see guys who are trending downward maybe not doing the things outside the pitch that they should be and guys going up that are, you know, maybe when you were younger, they weren't as good, but because of their consistency and what they were doing off the field, it helps them tremendously moving forward. And especially as your body grows, you know, you're not done growing or until, you know, 18, 19, 20. And so like, if you, if you can just stay consistent, keep your work going and not get down on yourself and mm -hmm. just, take the piss and just leave basically <laughs> uh it's it's crazy how many guys i've seen that were so much better than me just mm -hmm. completely fall off a cliff because of the lack of dedication to the game i think and so many guys who have 
I say, I played against this guy when I was 15. He was terrible. How is he in the league now? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely like, if I could say one thing to any of these listeners, no matter what, just keep working your butt off mm-hmm. and being consistent. Just you don't know how far working your butt off can, can take you. It, that's it, isn't it? Hard work, the discipline and the dedication and dedication is a word that I love to use and I love to talk about. And yeah. what keeps you motivated to, to do this every day, to turn up early off your own bat, to do your own stretches and then turn up to the, the team corporate training and then do your own stuff after what motivates, you know, what motivates Brian Meredith to decide to pursue excellence and elite performance every day? To be honest, because I love it. I have fun every single day. I'm in the training ground. It is just so much fun. I have a smile on my face from the moment I get there to the moment I leave. Um, that's really it. And like, I don't think there's anything I could be doing right now that I didn't have so much enjoyment of outside of football. And so like, I've, I've never had a real issue with, with keeping myself motivated mm-hmm. in that sense because of how much I love it and how much joy I get out of it. What about the competitive nature of it? You know, the competitive nature of football as well. You're obviously competing against other teams, other players, but you're also, there's a goalkeepers union and everyone supports each other and everyone wants each other to do well, but there's also that competitiveness of, I want to be the number one. Is that a driving force for you? Or was that a driving force at any point in your career? 100%. I'm a super competitive person. And so every single day, no matter what drill we're doing, I want to, I want perfection out of myself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, keeping the people around me at a high level and keeping their spirits up is only going to drive me to become better. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, it is tough when you, cause you know, goalkeepers, we're off to our, to ourselves for a big portion of training yeah. and um, we're all competing against each other, but we're all rooting for each other as well. We're all trying to help each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a tight balance to have, but to be honest, I, I'm just every single day want to prove myself that I can be better than whoever's next to me. Mm-hmm. And if his level's higher that day, then it's only going to raise my level the next day. That's that's a phenomenal statement, isn't it? It's the raising of levels and leveling up and consistently leveling up and learning. And obviously you've played at a lot of different clubs and you've played at, at different stages in your career at different places. You know, when you were at Seattle, you were able to win the MLS Cup, you know, the biggest prize on offer in the MLS mm-hmm. tournament. What's been the difference at different clubs, if there is one? Um, you know, every every coach you have is different, and mm-hmm. they're all going to set up their sessions and plan out their weeks leading up to games differently. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically how can you stay consistent and adapt to this new style of coaching, whatever it may be. And as a goalkeeper, I think you're always always evolving. I think as a footballer in general, you're mm-hmm. always trying to evolve and trying to get a little bit more comp- complexities in, inside your game. So it's just staying focused on what you, you do best as your base and just trying to expand as much as you can. And I think one of the things that's like, I would say football has changed and evolved so much in the sports science side of it and the nutrition side of it and everything that goes alongside that. It has, football has be, just came on leaps and bounds in the last 15, 20 years, in my personal opinion, and it is an opinion, but Certainly for goalkeepers as well, if you looked at a goalkeeper 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you know, your Peter Schmeichel's, your David Siemens and stuff like that, and you look at goalkeepers now, they almost have to be as comfortable with the ball at their feet as they are, you know, shot stopping. Have you noticed a change or in a, a different dynamic throughout your career? A, a million percent. I think 
especially like as I was growing up, it wasn't really a big factor if your goalkeeper could play out of the back with his feet because, you know, you're just punting the ball long, trying to win second balls. But now because, you know, the development of the game, everybody wants to try and play out of tight spaces. You have to be that 11th guy on the field or your team's at a massive disadvantage. So luckily for me, I grew up playing as a field player alongside as, as a goalkeeper in, in high school. I played as a forward in the midfield and, I think that really helped me, you know, stand out to, to pro scouts and kind of help my game is that's one of the stronger points of my game is my feet and playing out of the back. Um, and it's, it's an absolute prerequisite now as a goalkeeper, you have to be able to be consistent on the ball. And if not, you're, you're just not going to get the opportunities as other guys. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, you see, you know, so many times now the fullback will go to the keeper and the keeper will switch it to the other fullback or even someone like Ederson, for example, who gets a couple of assists a season. <laughs> you know, it's it's an incredible attribute. And like you said, it's that it almost like an extra man, you know, yeah. when, when your keeper can can play that way. Um, just to switch gears slightly, um, take me through a typical day in your life of a training day. So when you get up in the morning to having your breakfast, to getting in and doing your stretching, give me a typical training day in your life, what it's like. Yeah. So we actually just got our trainings back to our normal time, which is starting at 10. We were during the summer months, we start at nine just to try to avoid the heat. But so now I'm, I'm up around 6.45, have a full glass of water. Mm-hmm. I'll have some breakfast, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's a fried egg or some oatmeal or some berries, nothing too heavy, but mm-hmm. uh, enough to feel full. Mm-hmm. And then have my cup of coffee on the drive into training. I'm getting into training about two hours before our start time, mm-hmm. get in the hot tub, warm my body up, and then I'm straight to the gym, do about 40, 45 minutes of stretching, do like a light lift. If it's not a team, usually we'll do a team lift twice a week, mm-hmm. or I'll just do something on my own, super light, mm-hmm. just to keep my body activated. And then about 15 minutes before training, we'll go and do video. Mm-hmm. And then we head out straight to, vid- to, to uh, training. And then we got about two hours on the field, about 45 minutes of that is goalkeeper work specific. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into some sort of shooting or possession drill with the team. And then some sort of you know bigger game, whether it's whatever we want to work out mm-hmm. that week, whatever, whoever we're playing against. Mm-hmm. And then after training, um, I'm hitting a, a protein shake right after training, some water, gym again for probably 15 minute stretch. Mm-hmm. And then ice bath, or I'll do the recovery boots, and then I'm out. So it's it's a long day, effectively. You know, I think a lot of people think you know the two yard training session, the video beforehand, that's kind of it. But when you start putting everything together, it's a long day of not only physical work but mental work because you probably I mean, don't switch off. A lot of you can make it a short day if you want, mm-hmm. but I think in the long term, it's it's going to catch up to you, and mm-hmm. and that's just what I've noticed, and I've I've always. Ever since my first year in the league, I always say this, Zach Scott, I don't know if you know him. He is who I try to model myself after when it comes to being a pro. Every single day, this guy was eating right. He was staying outside, doing extra work after training was over by himself. He was always just doing the right things. And I just try to keep him in mind whenever I'm, I'm getting unmotivated. Uh, so big shout out to Zach Scott. <laughs> was there anyone else? You've mentioned Zach there, but was there any other motivation, motivators or mentors in your career that you would attribute anything to? Um, 
you know, being my first two years in the league, I was, um, I got to train with Casey Keller. He was the number yeah. one in Seattle when I was there. And so just being able to watch him and especially as an older guy at the time, seeing how he approached training sessions and mm -hmm. just the professionalism he, he approached the game with really helped me figure out what my mentality would be going forward. Well, hold that thought and mentality because we're going to come to that section in a little bit because it's it's something that fascinates me. But just before we go there, I want to know about you, you mentioned you know different different teams. You have to adapt in different coaches. What qualities in a coach brings out the best in you? Um, honestly, somebody who's for me, I deal with our goalkeeper coach the most. I don't really deal with our head coach all too often. Yeah. So for me, as a as, what I enjoy from a goalkeeper coach is somebody who's obviously knowledgeable, mm -hmm. but can push you mm -hmm. at the right times. Mm -hmm. There's times where you, you, you know, things aren't going well. Maybe you're not sticking balls that you should mm -hmm. be. And you, you can start to get down on yourself and get pissed off. Mm -hmm. Where's the coach who understands when it's the right time to motivate you by getting on your ass mm -hmm. and, you know, cursing you out mm -hmm. or when is it a time to put your, arm around you and say you know it's all right next one next one next one mm -hmm. um so for me it's always been i've had multiple coaches were just screaming yelling all the time and it can get it can get difficult especially if you if you're not having a good day if you're always being mm -hmm. put down things can go wrong real quick mm -hmm. but when you have a coach that's too light all the time and, and not serious enough then i think that can drive you the other way just as much yeah so just having a good balance with your coach and, and a good understanding and what's the best piece of advice you think you have probably ever received in your career if you can even pick one piece of advice wow um honestly just when I, i'll come back to the consistency thing the, yeah that's the biggest thing i've i've learned honestly it's just you want to keep your your hills and valleys you don't want to have very big hills and very big valleys you know, dips here and there in performance. You want to just say as consistent as possible. It's, it's such a massive thing, consistency. And I think a lot of it comes from your mindset and you talked about mindset and we're coming on to the mindset section now. And this is my favorite section of the podcast because I love hearing what, what guys who, and girls who operate at the elite level, how they think and what goes on, what, what cogs turn in the head and big one for me is superstitions rituals and routines is there anything that you have to do that you must do pre-game or pre-training every time honestly every time uh, other than taping my fingers <laughs> the only thing that that i i have to do is just i take about 30 to 60 seconds to myself and just like be alone and just close my eyes and just try and foresee what today is going to be like and just foresee myself making the right saves making the right decisions mm -hmm. um but beyond that i just that's, that's really it mm -hmm. I, I also hate when water bottles are standing up by themselves i don't know why that's my one pet peeve on the field <laughs> you have to knock it down i have to knock them over yeah <laughs> you practice your throwing you know mm-hmm it's like a bowling alley. Um, another another thing I want to talk about is confidence. And, you know, you take that moment to yourself and you have that reflection or you even have that affirmation. Does that affect your confidence level going into a game, that comfort level? Um, confidence, I don't think, I would say just how comfortable mm -hmm. I am. 
I think it, it for me personally, that's what helps me kind of calm me down because, mm-hmm. you know, going into a game or whatever it may be, you're, you're kind of jacked up. You got a lot of adrenaline going. Mm-hmm. So for me, I need to be calmed down. I think a lot of goalkeepers are probably pretty crazy when it comes to that. So just keep it like, it just calms me down and keeps my, my mind focused and level headed. It's funny when you know you're set up a goalkeepers having to get calmed down, be it a little crazy. Sometimes I always think back to when I was a kid, it was either the tallest guy or the craziest person was always the goalkeeper. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speak, speaking of other, other mindset attributes and other mindset questions, what is the biggest, what, or maybe not the biggest, but what's the most important thing about having a strong mindset? You know, Talk to me about how it affects your game, how it affects your, your confidence, not only your confidence, but maybe even your happiness level and your, the different things that couples all, all about that mindset. You know, you, you mentioned happiness level and that's 100% for me. I feel like if I'm, it just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can just take that joy that I feel before training into the training session, it will raise my level. 10% easily. And just if you're happy with where you are in football, then you'll be happy in life. And if you're not happy in life, you can find that that uh, refuge in football as well. So I think just to keep myself happy in making sure I'm enjoying myself. And the day I don't enjoy it anymore will be the day I retire. And has that always been the case for you from when you were a teenager thinking about going pro and taking the steps up the ladder to going pro? Was it always about the joy and the happiness? You you mentioned the love of the game. If I can scratch that surface a little bit, was the joy and the happiness always a key factor as well for you? Or was that something that came a bit later in your career once you began to appreciate what you do for a living? No, that's that's kind of why I made the decision to pursue soccer Mm -hmm. rather than I, I played pretty much every sport growing up. Yeah. And, you know, I remember my father asking me, you know, once we started having tournaments every other weekend, started having things pile on top of each other, he said, you're going to have to pick one. Mm-hmm. And he said, what makes you the happiest? What do you, what do you enjoy doing the most? Mm-hmm. And it was the easiest question he's ever asked me was playing soccer for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just from playing in the backyard with my friends to playing now with my friends still, mm-hmm. I haven't had a bad day yet. <laughs> but it's it's incredible you know the joy the importance of enjoying what you do and that morale factor you know high morale would obviously lead to good performance and that desire to get better because yeah. you're you're always striving you're happy with what you're doing so you're pushing forward um when things do get hard for you have things ever got to a point where you have been down deflated or let me put it this way when you've had a really bad day and you can't sleep at night and the lights are off you're staring at the roof how do you overcome those feelings yeah i mean i've had plenty of nights like that where you just feel like your your level's not where it should be or your game's not where it should be and um to be honest just like having a a good support group around me you know my fiance my friends being able to lift me up and be able to talk to them is is a major factor for me Mm -hmm. and just helps me realize that it's you know it's not all about football Football is what I do for for my career, my life. But there's other things outside of football that I can also find enjoyment of, and um, that's just been massive for me as well. What about like a team atmosphere? You know, if if you have a great group of lads together in the changing room, does that impact performance? I think so. I've you know, 
I want to say yes. I've had great locker rooms mm -hmm. and we'd be not a great team. Mm -hmm. And, but for the most part, I've had pretty much all great locker rooms, maybe one or two locker rooms where they were a bit iffy and mm -hmm. guys off in the corners by themselves or like little groups huddled here and there. Um, but like, like in, like here in Nashville, our group is so tight knit and there's not a single person who doesn't get along with another person. Mm -hmm. And that really helps you on the field on game day when you're you have to count on this person mm -hmm. and rely on them to to do their job so you can do yours is the other thing it's quantifiable how important that is and to have a group that is that enjoys being around each other and the thing is too you mentioned about everyone doing their job and football i wouldn't say it's easy but it becomes easier if everyone knows their role and does their job and in terms of being a goalkeeper I always find that you, as a goalkeeper, you must have a good relationship with your back four. That communication level must be there. That understanding must be there. Your centre backs need to know when you're coming for a ball. Your full backs need to know that you're on for, you know, to drop the ball off and move forward up the pitch. Yep. How do you cultivate that relationship? Honestly, it's tough. You just have to be in the trainings as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, you see sometimes guys come into a league and highly talented guys come into a league and and struggle early on and then develop and start to blow up again mm -hmm. because you need time to develop that understanding with you, especially as a goalkeeper with your back four, have an understanding what's, what's my striker or what's my uh, center backs biggest strengths, what's his mm -hmm. weaknesses, how can I cover him and mm -hmm. vice versa as well. He needs to learn about me just as much. So I think just time on the field together and just talking it out with each other is, is irreplaceable. And also with being a goalkeeper, I often feel that being a goalkeeper is probably the loneliest and the hardest position to play on a pitch. And the reason why that is, is a striker can maybe miss three or four chances and the game's still nil-nil. If a fullback misses or gets caught by a winger and the ball comes in, the keeper either doesn't save it, makes a mistake, whatever it may be, all of a sudden you're a goal down. How do you, how do you deal with that? Because that to me just... There must be something uniquely different with a goalkeeper and their thought process and their pattern to overcome that. Because I find goalkeepers more than any other player are the players who get hung out to dry, so to speak. Yeah, that's why they say to be a goalkeeper, you have to be crazy or insane. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest reason. It's so difficult, but you, know, you have to have big shoulders. You have to have strong mm -hmm. shoulders and, and know that that's just part of the game, mm -hmm. that you you can have a striker miss 10 shots. and score the game winner in the 89th minute and he's made of the match. If you have a goalkeeper do the same thing is you're, you're out, you're gone. Um, so it's just being able to, to figure out the next play. If you make a mistake, make the next play as clean as possible. No matter what it is. The next time you touch the ball, be clean, be confident. You have to be able to, you know, I heard uh, Clint Dempsey say this on, on, uh, on air the other night after the U S men's national team game. So you have to be like a goldfish. You have mm -hmm. to forget about the mistakes you make and just move on to the next play. Mm -hmm. uh, with that as well, being a goalkeeper and certain grinds, I'm not going to mention which grinds, uh, there's some very passionate fans huddled behind the net. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes in the first half, you get away from it because you're down in the other end where there's not met, not as many people. And then the other end, the second half, you're up against the passionate home support who will call you every name under the sun and try to distract you. Do you enjoy those moments or is that something you're able to like mentally 
tone out? Is it like white noise? Talk to me about being in the cauldron of noise, so to speak. I love it. I mean, it kind of just like first five minutes you're hearing it and you can, but after that, it's just completely gone out of your head because of how focused you need to be on what's going on on the pitch. Uh, the only thing I hate is when people start throwing things at you. I've had a game, <laughs> I can't say where, but I've collected like $2 in quarters <laughs> just from people throwing stuff at me. Uh, but I love it. That means you're in their head. That means they're worrying about you. And that's a good thing. If, if they're throwing stuff at you, you're doing your job. You know, they're not throwing something yeah. at you if, if you've if you've thrown in a couple of goals, you know. <laughs> exactly. You want um, them to be pissed off at you. Absolutely. And and even like bringing it a little bit closer to home is when your friends and family are in the stadium, does that inspire you in terms of your performance? Uh, no, I don't think so. It doesn't. No. I don't even register it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. If it if it did, I don't think I'd be doing my job the other times well enough. Yeah, it's interesting because you can see that that professionalism. You know, you come in, you know your job, you know your role, and you do it to the best of your ability, irrespective of whether you're you know you could be in the new camp in Barcelona or whether you're at training. You know, every day yeah. it's it's just it's just one of those things, and you must have that as as a goalkeeper. What other attributes? are necessary to succeed as a professional, not only a professional player, but a goalkeeper specifically? Oh, man, there's a lot. Honestly, fearlessness is, mm -hmm. is a big one. You have, you have to be willing to throw your body in a pile of 10 people and come out with the ball. Mm -hmm. um, that, and I'd say, honestly, that's the biggest one. Yeah. Just being able to be fearless and, and having a short-term memory because you're going to make mistakes everybody's going to make a mistake mm -hmm. it's just how do you not compound those mistakes and make another one mm -hmm. how can you learn in such a short period of time and like i said you have to be able to make that next play as clean as possible in order to help yourself erase that memory and erase that whatever happened in the past you just have to at a, at a coach you have to crumple up that piece of paper and just throw it behind you and say you just move on yeah Phenomenal advice, and I think for young people listening to this who want to go pro, who are looking to go professional, or whether they just be a fan who's listening to this and wondering, oh, to get inside the mind of a professional player, and um, specifically for those young players who want to go pro, and for anyone that's listening to this that has a desire to make it, you know, at the elite level, if you could give them one piece of advice, you know, we've talked about consistency, we've talked about dedication. Is there anything else you would add to that for a young person? Don't stop whatever you do don't stop it's not not everybody's journey is the same a lot of people will have a lot more, more winding roads in their in their way to to their goals um and you can't you can't get uh, distracted by the people who, who maybe have it easier have a more straight path to it yeah just don't stop working your butt off i i know so many guys who were not highly didn't get drafted out of the, out of college or or didn't make it onto a a trial out of college and you keep working, you keep working, and eventually someone's going to see something in you mm -hmm. if you keep getting better. Mm -hmm. And I think a mental, uh, the right mentality can go a long way. I'd rather have a guy who's going to work his ass off for 90 minutes and just grind it out rather than a guy who's really good but maybe takes plays off. So I think um, just just keep going. That's it. That work rate, that dedication, the consistency, the desire to learn, the desire to improve. It's all if you, if you want it, if you want it bad enough, show show somebody. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's plenty of options. You know, you've you've got the colleges. You know, you've got you've got the ASL. You've got the MLS. There's so many opportunities here for players, especially in the US and even up here in Canada. Um, something that's a bit unique to you and maybe some other goalkeepers, you've played for several different clubs. You know, you've played for the San Jose Earthquakes, you've played for the Whitecaps, you've played for, for Nashville. What's it like for a goalkeeper and for someone who's moving clubs? Give us a bit of an insight to switching clubs, switching teams, what's going through your mind, your expectation level. Man, it's, it's hard, especially when you get kind of towards your career. It's not something you want to get used to doing or get comfortable doing because, you know, you, you always want to be able to try and stay with – if you enjoy your club, you want to be able to stay there as long as possible. And, you know, for me, it wasn't always um, an opportunity or an option. But, uh, I mean, you just have to be able to adapt as quickly as possible. You know, get, get in with your, your new teammates – before preseason starts, get to the city as early as you can to, to help start a developing a relationship with those new players that you're going to have to be playing with. And uh, the quicker you can develop a good relationship with your teammates and your coaches, the easier the transition is. And obviously that, that connection is so important because that's what builds the morale. That's what builds the happiness. You get used to this city, you get used to the environment, you know where things are and it's not all rushing about and figuring things out, so to speak. Um, just to move on slightly, um, whenever whenever you're getting ready for a game, whenever it's game day and you're getting to, the, getting to the arena, getting to the stadium, what happens on game day? What happens in the changing room in your preparation to go out and play? Honestly, everybody's preparation is different. Mine doesn't really change all that much. I'm in pretty early before kickoff, um, getting in the hot tub, just doing as much stretching as I can and just making sure I have the right playlist going so I can help myself, you know, get focused. And I just spend that time trying to get as focused as possible and, and getting everything that's in my mind kind of out of the way, just clearing everything out. And obviously you're at Nashville right now. What's your goals for the season and what's your goals for the years that lie ahead? Is there any desire to move into some sort of coaching role, goalkeeping coaching? What's What, what, what do you see in your future? Um, you know, I hate talking about retirement, <laughs> but, you know, I'm getting a little, I'm 32 now, so I'm getting a little older. Um, I've, I, I've always had, I think, like an, an eye for goalkeeping. And that's for, now, for right now, I think that's something I really want to get into, um, being a goalkeeper coach. I don't really have much of a desire to be a head coach. That's just, that's beyond me. Uh, but a goalkeeper coach is, is what I'm looking to do once I figure out when I'm going to be done playing, whenever that may be. Hopefully not too soon. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully not too soon whatsoever. For this season with Nashville, um, what's, what's the goals as this season draws to a close? MLS Cup. Every year it's the same goal. MLS Cup or bust. Yeah, You know, I think we've put ourselves so far, we have six games left and we're sitting in second place. So we have, as of now, home field advantage up until the conference final. <laughs> so, I mean, with the, with the talent we have on our team and the structure we have around us with our coaching staff and everything that goes into it, I don't see any reason why we can't win the MLS Cup. That's the thing is but you have to aim high. And, you know, you talked earlier about the hard work and the dedication and the focus and the consistency, the goal chasing. And the goal has to be to win the MLS Cup. Yeah. Have you have you always been a person who has set goals and you know they 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 are the ultimate goal when win the trophy? You know, some uh, 
growing up or like when I was in my younger days, um, I don't think I really gave a whole lot of thought to, I know I had goals, but they weren't, I didn't really set goals for what's my goals this week. What's my goals this month. What's the goal yeah. this year. I've gotten a little bit more structured in how I set my goals for myself. Um, and I think it makes a huge difference because you, you have a goal you set, there's something you're striving for, whether it's MLS cup for the rest of the whole year, that's our goal for the season. But what's my goal for this game? What's my goal for this week of training? And I think that helps your mentality as well. Mm -hmm. Being able to strive for a goal, whatever that may be, helps you push through those physical pain barriers when you're, when you're in the midst of training, when you're doing fitness, whatever it may be. You've taught, you mentioned pain barriers there. If you do get a little bit of a knock, if you are pulling up a little bit injured, how do you recover? What's your quickest way? We've talked about after training, you know, you're always stretching. Sometimes you do the boots, sometimes you go to the ice bath, whatever. But what are maybe your, your sort of three key points, I suppose, to injury prevention? What do you do to prevent injury? And what do you do when you do feel a little bit of a knock? How do you overcome that and get back to full fitness as soon as possible? Obviously, yeah, you, provided the injury isn't overly severe. <laughs> Yeah, when you're picking up little injuries here and there, you know, you have to have a good relationship with your training staff. You have to be able to trust them. And, you know, everywhere I've been, I've been able to have a great training staff and plenty of great people to talk to. And they'll give you a plan of how to get you back on the field, or get you back to feeling 100% as soon as possible, whether that's, you know, getting massages on wherever your injury may be or, or getting in the gym and doing specific just like I, I've had a, a shoulder issue years ago where, you know, you get in the gym, you're doing your, your routine and you just add you know, 10 minutes to do different types of exercises. And now that's just part of my everyday routine in order to, cause you know, as a goalkeeper, you're diving on your shoulders all the time. So keeping them strong and, and stretched out is very important. Um, so those types of things, just getting into a routine and being able to change your routine into into adding different uh, aspects of it that is the thing with a goalkeeper as well because when you're doing training you're, you're diving to save a ball with your hands then then the very next moment you're almost expected to spread across the goal and see if one with your feet and you're just constantly every day you know the training and the intensity of that training and probably the ground and pound on your body because it probably isn't easy on your body and <laughs> you know and and that and now your nutrition plays a key role probably even your sleep pattern plays a role injury prevention the stretching plays a role the therapy plays a role and it all beds in really really nicely but it's an incredibly difficult but fun journey i think um look from the outside looking in how would you describe your journey as we begin to wrap this up so far in your career as a goalkeeper uh, i mean you hit on it there there's plenty of difficulties especially for me you know i didn't when i first started playing professionally i had certain goals for myself that I haven't personally hit. And uh, it's being a, I've been a backup goalkeeper for the majority of my career. And I'd argue that's one of the hardest positions to be able to, to do because you have to take your ego out of things every once in a while. And if you let your ego get in your way, I think it can, it can really hinder uh, your performances. And so I had to learn how to, have confidence in myself, but not have such an ego where I should be playing here or I should be getting this opportunity. All things are, will come in good time. And as long as I can be as professional as possible, 
I'm happy. I'm good. I'm not really worried about it. Well, that's the thing is that professionalism, you're, de you're, you're dedicated, you're disciplined, you have your routine, you work on your stretching pre and post practices, you're working on injury prevention, you're working on your mindset constantly, your match fit performance, you know, you're, tr you're trying to stay ready. And you're literally that's the word, isn't it ready? You're ready yeah. to go when called upon. As we as as we close off the podcast, and I want to thank you for for your time. Where can people connect with you on social media to continue to follow your journey and see what you're up to? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Brian Meredith thirty five. Uh, I don't post a whole lot. I'm not a big. Uh, <laughs> I'm not an influencer, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I stick to myself, man. I'm boring. <laughs> you're boring, but you're dedicated to your craft. Um, and that, if I can word it that way, even a professional a athlete is boring. <laughs> Nobody knows that, but it's boring. <laughs> um, but it's important, you know, to, to have that focus and that drive and that determination to to ultimately yeah. succeed, succeed in this sport. But, you know, you mentioned the goal this season is the MLS Cup. I want to wish you well for that. I want to encourage all our listeners to check you out, social media, give it a follow, give your accounts a follow, see what you're up to, drop you, drop you a DM. If anything in this podcast stuck out, help yeah, people. It was... But Brian, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Guys, I'm Darren Potts. This was the MatchFit Podcast at MatchFit Football, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Brian Meredith, you've been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you.